It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Tom Tiger. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero show. We're coming to you from the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast on the internet at 3cr.org.au. Both the BZE Communities show and the Science and Solutions show are available to subscribe to on iTunes and Stitcher now, so please subscribe and rate us to help others find the shows. My name is Kay Wenigal and today I'm joined by my co-host Kira Rundle. Hey, nice to be here. And Michael Steindl. Hi, Kay. Hi, Kira, and hi, all the listeners. <laughs> For those of us concerned about climate change, it can sometimes feel like individual action is futile or that it would mean putting your life on hold. Our guest today debunks both these assumptions. He's putting emissions into the spotlight daily while running headlong into life and embracing some of his greatest enthusiasms travel, photography, and sustainability. Weeby Wacker arrived in Melbourne this week, having driven an electric car all the way from the Netherlands. He joins us today in the studio to share the story of his journey. Hi, Weeby. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. So, how long have you been on this journey? A bit over 1,000 days and getting close to three years. I left on the 15th of March 2016. Wow. Um, so, I'm speaking at the Renew event in a few weeks, which is one day after, so th- after three, di- three years and one day. Oh, okay, so that, yeah. that's the um, Renew um, Electric Vehicle the EV Expo, Expo yeah. which is in Port Melbourne, Todd Road in Port Melbourne on March the 15th, 16th. 16th, yes. Didn't need a big yeah. birthday cake for you there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you'll have a lineup of people wanting to ask questions. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a lot of people f- from Melbourne have been following my trip and a lot of people are very uh, excited to uh, come to meet me, I believe, and they're already sending me messages like, when are you coming over? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so got a busy schedule. So can you tell us a little bit more about your trip, your motivations for doing this trip? Yeah, so um, my idea was to uh, to travel from, from Holland to the other side of the world um, to prove the viability of electric vehicles, but basically just um, yeah, getting a lot of attention and changing people's minds on, on electric vehicles. And um, yeah, I did it with my, without money, so I really started without money. And... Um, I just thought, like, yeah, I will see how I once will end up and if I will end up in, in Sydney. Uh, so I asked people to sign up on my website. To There's a map, and you can select their, your location and support me with either offering a meal, a bed, or uh, electricity to charge a car. And based on these offers, the route to Sydney eventually is determined. So it's not up to me to decide how I travel to the other side of the world. And it made me, like, crisscross... Uh, through 33 <laughs> countries and driving mm-hmm. uh, 90,000 k so far uh, without visiting a f- petrol station, which I think is really good. <laughs> and, uh, so that's how you determined your route. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's basically I just look on the on the map every week, see what's being offered, and then I decide my route. Or sometimes I have options, and then I post on my Facebook like, "Hey guys, uh, where should I go next?" And I let my fans vote to decide <laughs> the next stop of uh, the route. And uh, yeah, that went pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so that explains um, if the listeners go onto your website, they can see your route. Um, yeah. And it kind of goes all over the place, especially in the beginning and through Australia. So that explains why. It looks yeah, a lot of way. people think there was something wrong with my compass or that my <laughs> GPS was not working, but it was uh, completely uh, my own idea to uh, do it like that. <laughs> and you say that there are, uh, you had more offers in the towns and cities rather than in the small outback areas. Yeah. Generally, I mean, that, that's understandable, but in case anybody's listening that's living somewhere between Sydney and... Are you going to Tasmania as well? Have you been to Tasmania? Uh, no, I haven't been there. No, I have, I have to skip oh, look, Tasmania, unfortunately. Oh, I have to skip that. Yeah. So, okay. Only people between Melbourne and Sydney need to <laughs> jump on the website. Yeah, from there. now, yeah, I'm really towards the final end of my trip, and I already got a few people over there, I think. So, uh, yeah, I think I had the, the most challenging part behind me, uh, which is the outback, and from here it's kind of like holiday. Almost. <laughs> and we certainly want to hear about how you manage the outback. But uh, yeah. just before we get to that, you did this really on a, a wing and a prayer. You, you've um, you've put it out there publicly and asked people for what you call energy, and that energy yeah. is um, your electricity, it's places to sleep, it's food. You, you've had no money to fund this trip at all, and it's exactly. just been generosity. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, that, that worked pretty good. Like the first six months or so, I managed to, to, good, to do it in that way. And then the first challenge when I arrived in uh, Dubai, because there, like, I couldn't continue by land. So I, I knew I needed to ship the car to India. And after India, I needed to uh, travel to Burma and Thailand. And if you travel through these countries with your own vehicle, uh, you need to have a guide with you. That's mandatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I needed kind of a lot of money to, mm-hmm. to be able to afford that. So in Dubai, I found a job uh, working for an events company who was organizing an electric road trip, actually. And um, also find a sponsorship, and uh, yeah, that enabled me to to continue the trip. And uh, once I arrived in Malaysia, I had the same problem. I needed to take a lot of ferries to Indonesia, and eventually ship the car to uh, Australia, which I knew was going to be expensive. So I stayed in Kuala Lumpur for four months, did a lot of jobs like working as extra for TV commercials, or mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> also uh, making my own corporate videos for companies. Yep. And also find a sponsorship and. Yeah, at some point I uh, yeah managed to to reach Australia. <laughs> so what that. what is this car? Tell us about that. Uh, so it's a retrofitted Volkswagen Golf, and uh, started as a uh, project from a Dutch utilities company uh, who wanted to have electric cars to research vehicle to grid technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you didn't retrofit it. You no. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just. Uh, I, I bumped into the I had idea to do this trip, and this trip was my graduation project, actually. So as a poor student, I, I could not afford an electric vehicle. So I was looking for a sponsor, and I yeah, bumped into a guy. Uh, uh, this is the laundry was, people. That yeah, bundles, yeah, Marcel. And uh, yeah, I told him about my trip, and I uh, asked him, like, hey, is it interesting for you to sponsor? And he said, well, I don't have money, but uh, I have an electric car, <laughs> which was yeah, just what I needed. So yeah, then we had a few talks, and he decided to... Uh, yeah, borrow me his car for the weekend. And then uh, <laughs> I drove off. And, uh, <laughs> and he hasn't <laughs> seen you since. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and, uh, that's why Bundles is written on the top of your yeah, car. Exactly. That's the, the yeah. um, uh, laundry sharing enterprise. That yeah, invented. you're doing a yeah, sustainable laundry. So uh, um, circular laundry, actually, which is an interesting concept. What's circular yeah. laundry? Uh, so they, uh, they, if you want a, a washing machine, they, uh, d- they give you a, a washing machine. But yeah, you don't... 
uh, pay for it, but you uh, pay for every time you use it. So you're paying for the service mm. and not for the product. Correct. And then they, uh, yeah, if they keep, they have to do the maintenance if there's something wrong. Mm. Um, uh, and you also get like a triple uh, A rating washing machine, so you save a lot of on energy and on water. Great idea. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. So with regard to the car, what was the range? The, the uh, yeah, it has a 37 kilowatt hours battery, which gives me a range of 200k. So that's not very far in no. certain places. Yeah, for for Europe and Asia, it's, it's definitely enough because the population is very dense. And I always felt safe to drive until I had like 2 or 3% battery left. And then I was sure I will find a house or a building or something where I can charge it up. Yeah, here in Australia, it takes a bit more planning. <laughs> uh, the distances are a bit more fast, as you obviously know. And yeah, sometimes there has been few times that I just knew today I'm going to drive and I'm not going to make it to my next destination because the next point is like 255 km from here or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about a specific time where that happened and what you did. Yeah, so the first time was between um, Glendembo and Cooper PD. Uh, that was 255k, which was the, the biggest distance I needed to cover in, in all of the trip. Uh, so I checked the weather app and I saw that tw- 12 hours later I would have a, a, re- a tailwind. Uh, which I thought that will give me some advantage. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I drove very slow, 60 k km uh, an hour the whole trip. So road trains were not really my friend that day. But yeah, I thought <laughs> like I have to, yeah. to save as much as energy as needed to, to make it to that uh, distance. And I uh, did 235 kilometers, which was my record, actually. So mm-hmm. it was really good. And, uh, 20k so short of what? Yeah, just 20k short of Cooper PDR. I ran out and then yeah, put a lot of sunscreen, uh, put my <laughs> thumb up, and then waited for somebody to... Uh, yeah, to pass by, and I just had to wait 10 minutes or so, and somebody stopped and gave me a tow. Wow, to, uh, that's not very long. No, no. And, they, and that, the same person towed you in? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the amazing <coughs> thing about that was while you were being towed, your battery was being recharged. Yeah, because of regenerative braking, it uh, recharges. So I had that a few times, and it's a funny situation because then yeah, people see me with a, uh, with a flat battery, and then I ask them, like, hey, I cannot drive, can you? Tow me to the next point and then arrive at the next point and then I, <laughs> I drive off, off and it's like I'm gone. <laughs> Which is uh, yeah, funny. It gives some uh, did they realize it was making harder to tow you because you're charging your battery? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Some, some uh, knew, felt that it was a bit oh, tougher too. I noticed that. Yeah, but it's very effective because I drive normally. I can uh, if I charge on a charging station, my maximum. Uh, input is six kilowatt, and mm-hmm. now it goes with like twelve or thirteen sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very effective, and yeah. So it's, yeah, even when I'm towed by an internal combustion engine car, it's, I think it's more effective to <laughs> to do it in that way than do it with a normal charging mm-hmm. station. Yeah. So what's um, the ma- the total time to charge uh, your vehicle? We, we've got an i three, and if I we we just use the default little plug-in charger and, mm-hmm. and standard PowerPoint. And at that rate, it takes 10 hours, yep. uh, which doesn't ever bother us because you just park it in the garage and, and plug it in and it charges it off peak rates. Yep. The, the the critical thing, though, is when you're out on the road, that's when you want fast charging. That's yeah. what it matters. Yeah. So have, have you got a slow rate charger and, and can you charge faster when you're on the road? Yeah, my, my uh, at the domestic socket, like I normally mm-hmm. do just at people's homes. Yeah. yeah, it's 15 hours. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I can charge at type 2. Uh, charging stations, AC charging, no DC, uh, okay. so no super fast, but at a at three phase uh, outlets, which you find mainly throughout of Australia, uh, can charge at the maximum rate of just a bit over six kilowatts. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so I can top it up in in five hours from zero to full. Full, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a car from 2009, so it has a bit of limited yeah. specifications. Yeah. And of course, you're not. Uh, it's extremely rare that you are totally empty. It, it, you might be half full, and you just top up while you have a, a cup or something. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, mostly there's been it's been done a really good job by the Tesla Owners Club and uh, Australian Electric Vehicle Association, who just started driving around Australia, handing out three-phase mm -hmm. uh, outlets to roadhouses or strategic points uh, along the highways. And uh, so it's already uh, very easy to drive all around Australia. Using so you can charge it at Tesla point? No, no, not at Tesla points, no. But uh, the Tesla Owners Club, they handed out just the normal three-phase uh, charging points, which which I am able to, to use, of course. Oh. And uh, so, yeah, but that it's already easy. So there, I think there's like one charging station every 250k. Mm, um, that's right. Considering like uh, electric cars that are now available on the Australian market already do between three and 500k, it's already quite easy to, to travel around Australia. And in fact, yeah. I think they did that. They did a trip right around Australia to prove that it could be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There have been a few. Uh, recently, there was this uh, woman, Sylvia, a uh, 65-year-old mm. woman who mm. uh, was planning to drive around in Australia with her husband. And unfortunately, her husband died, but she still continued right. that yeah. idea. And uh, uh, I just met her when she passed by Darwin, uh, when I just arrived there and was waiting for my car. And later I stayed with her, and she invited me to stay with her in Queensland. Uh, so I've met her a few weeks ago, was mm. good, or months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. don't know anymore. Do yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the amazing thing is that you and others, like Sylvia, are approving that even in a country like Australia, where there are vast distances and massive deserts, where there's yeah. really not much happening, especially not charging stations, yeah. you can still get around. You don't seem to have that much of a problem. Yeah. Yeah, you can get around, and um, um, yeah, I think like if it, if it's really to make it really convenient, uh, the current infrastructure needs to be upgraded to like really fast chargers, mm. uh, because with that it just makes like long distance travel very convenient. If you can co top up your car in just twenty minutes mm. while you have a cup of tea, instead of now that you need to wait like in my case five hours uh, for Tesla, it's maybe two or three because you have a bit fast charger mm -hmm. um, yeah so I think um, yeah to make it really easy then it ne needs to be upgraded but uh, I think it's uh, what, what the, the infrastructure current infrastructure is already uh, a good step and also good for people to show that, that it is possible because I think that's what people want to see because the most uh, thing uh, common thing I hear here in Australia is that people say like yeah the distances are too fast and mm -hmm. Uh, which is not true. So it's good to people yeah, so to see that it, it actually works. How yeah. have you found Australia? Because I was reading on your blog um, from two years back that in Austria already they had a rule there in 2016 that any new car park built had to have 25% of the spots with charging stations. Yeah. yeah. That that would just be so weird to see in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think like, from all the civilised countries, the uptake of electric vehicles is, is in Australia is, is the slowest. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, you see... Rules like this, like in uh, in my country of the Netherlands, we have said from 2030 we will ban uh, combustion engine vehicles, and in Norway they do it. We'll do it for 2025, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, you see a lot of rules coming up. Like yeah, 25 percent of new buildings need to have infrastructure. In Australia, we're more likely to ban electric vehicles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. If you've just tuned in, we're talking to Weeby Wacker from the Plug Me In project. He's travelled from the Netherlands to Australia via 33 other countries in an electric car. 
Um, there was one story that I heard in uh, New Java, I think it was, where you went hit some floods in, on the road. Yeah, yeah. It was um, unfortunately, and I just arrived in Surabaya where <coughs> I first had a problem with my charger uh, that exploded because of uh, unknown reason. It took a few weeks to fix, and then on the day that it was fixed, I could continue the trip. And just an hour later, I uh, ended up driving to a flooded road. I was behind a truck and couldn't see what was in front of me. And I saw some water. I thought, uh, this is maybe just two meters, but it ended up being like a few hundred meters uh, driving to yeah, a deep pool puddle. And um, yeah, my car gave all kind of error signals. And uh, yeah, quite quick. It became clear that water had uh, entered my battery pack and there was a small crack because in India I hit a lot of rocks and uh, roads were not so mm -hmm. good. It was a very tiny crack. Uh, and so there was water on the on the bottom of the battery pack. And uh, yeah, that was not a, not good. Uh, uh, big damage and um, hard to fix. So I had to fly in mechanics from Holland to Indonesia oh, yeah. to come repair the car, mm -hmm. uh, which yeah was the worst case scenario. I had calculated on, on beforehand and it happened. And uh, yeah, it was also challenging as I, yeah, I do it without money and uh, so I ran a crowdfunding campaign to, to gather that money to pay for their tickets hours and uh, accommodation and uh, yeah, luckily with my fans I had I gathered that in 10 days or so so I could fly these guys in and then uh, yeah, they did a good proper run on the car and uh, fixed it in, a, in about a week or so and yeah, the car improved and drives better than it did, <laughs> did before also so it's good to have a and the interesting thing yeah. also is that um, floodwaters don't seem to... A lot of people have a fear of water and electricity. Yeah. And so they're always concerned about electric cars from that point of view. But obviously the safety systems kicked in and there wasn't yeah, really yeah. a concern at all or no, a safety issue. It's really uh, the fact that it's, it's just a, a retrofitted car, that it's not so... You have no backseat, do you? The batteries, are, some of them are uh, there? No, yeah, there's no backseat, but we just removed it to have more space for luggage. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't do with the batteries. The batteries are underneath the car and in, in the back of the car. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I've seen uh, videos of Teslas just driving to mm -hmm. water, actually. They float. They That's have good right, buoyancy. Yeah. And they, uh, I saw a fluted tunnel, and the Tesla just yeah, drove to there while other cars were, were stuck. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I've seen, uh, I actually, recently there was a video of a Tesla Model X who uh, uh, yeah, jumped into the canal in, in Amsterdam. and Into the canal. Uh, yeah, into the canal. And yeah, uh, yeah it, it opens the doors automatically and it makes sure that you can ah. exit safe and there's no, no problems with, with electricity or something. No. Mm. Yeah. So what sort of response have you received? Obviously, it's it's pretty good because people are willing to fund you to fly engineers in to fix your car in yeah. Indonesia. Yeah. But generally worldwide, you've had a fantastic response. Yeah, so uh, so far, like over about seventeen hundred people from forty-five different countries uh, sign up to to host me, and uh, four hundred of those from from Australia actually, which was quite good. And um, yeah, I've getting in all the countries I travel to, I I managed to uh, get attention in national media and also countries I haven't been. Uh, yeah. Uh, wrote about me or published some articles about my trip so mm. yeah I, I'm, I'm happy with uh, with how it went and definitely uh, as I doing it on my own uh, yeah. and you are doing it totally uh, on your own really aren't you sorry you, yeah. you are doing this solo yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah so uh, yeah I really yeah, I have to take care of all the aspects of my trip uh, on my own and it makes it challenging and very interesting and uh, yeah, happy and proud that uh, 
ja, came a long way and uh, did, I think, good on the exposure also. Yeah. It's an amazing trip that you've mm. done. You've done an incredible job, especially yeah. given the circumstances, no money, no, yeah. no support or anything like that. Oh, well, yeah. you have had support, obviously. Yeah. And you're creating a documentary about it and you've got yeah. videos on your website yeah. Um, and you're a photographer as well. So how have you been documenting it? Um, yeah, taking a lot of pictures and, and video. And so I update my social media uh, every day with, with new photos and stories about my trip. Uh, record all my trip on, on video and try to publish a weekly overview every week on uh, my YouTube channel. And then uh, at the end of the trip or after the trip, I uh, try to make one, one video out of all that footage and uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I'm not worried about that, but I, I, I gathered so much footage now that I have no idea how to start <laughs> that whole cutting process, and I'm not really looking forward to that in that way. But uh, yeah, I'm I sure think it'll make a good uh, story. I think. Yeah, yeah, it'll make a great story, and there'll be a lot of people wanting to help you put it all together. I, I hope imagine. so. Yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. Wait, we we haven't actually asked point blank why are you doing this? <laughs> uh, yeah, many reasons. Like uh, it was. Yeah, to start most of all just the adventure what what drives me most like I really I love traveling and uh, I want to do something different this time and um, I wanted to have a, a purpose instead of going with my backpack from hostel to hostel which is really great too but this time I wanted to uh, do some, something more and uh, yeah, I'm passionate about environment and uh, I was had the idea to do a road trip and uh, but I thought like it's a bit silly if I drive around the world for my own fun while I'm yeah, polluting and everything, and then yeah, people in Holland starting to to talk about electric cars, and that hey, that's something interesting. And I was never really a car enthusiast or so, but you know, electric cars came around. That hey, that's fun. Like it's quicker than normal cars. It's faster. It's more silent and uh, no uh, exhaust and everything. So that oh, yeah, I got my goal there because I saw also that the uptake was not going very quick, mainly because there are a lot of prejudice about electric cars. People think they're not reliable or you cannot cover mm -hmm. long distances. So I thought maybe I can do by my bit to uh, yeah, prove the reliability and do something uh, which speaks to the imagination